Let the speaker be authorized to postpone the vote on ordering the previous question on House Resolution 5 to a designated time later today. Without objection. Mr. Speaker, I ask unanimous consent that the chair may reduce to five minutes the minimum time for electronic voting on any question relating to House Resolution 5 that follows a 15-minute vote. Without objection. With that, Mr. Speaker, I reserve my time. The gentleman's time is reserved. Gentleman from Massachusetts. Uh, Mr. Speaker, uh, following the vote on the previous question, Representative DeLauro will offer a motion to commit. I yield one minute to the gentleman from Connecticut to discuss that proposal. Gentlelady from Connecticut is recognized for one minute. When we conclude this rules debate, I will offer a motion to commit to add the expanded child tax credit. In the face of the Republican majority's draconian agenda, we want to provide a tax cut, yes, to children and to families to make ends meet. The child tax credit is the most effective tool we have in the fight against rising costs. An antidote to inflation, it is about financial stability for families. Nothing, nothing in this rules package helps American families. Make no mistake, a vote against the motion to commit means Republicans are willing to raise taxes on working families. The expanded child tax credit was the largest tax cut for working families in generations, a lifeline to the middle class. It drove the largest decrease in child poverty in history. People could pay their electric bills, fill their gas tanks, pay for child care. It reached more than 61 million children, lifted 4 million out of poverty, led to a 26% decline in hunger in families with children. There has never been a federal program that it has such a profound impact in such a short amount of time. Do the right thing. Vote yes on the motion to commit. I yield back. Gentleman from Oklahoma. Okay. Thank uh, you, Mr. This Speaker. is uh, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Monday, 9 January in the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, it's been a wild week. First week, it's the rules package being debated, and I think you're seeing democracy at work. Right now, we're going to try to show a balance of Republican and Democrat. Republicans for the package, Democrats opposed to the package, particularly certain elements of it. Uh, a great learning experience. We hope to show a lot more of this in the House, which will be quite combative as it should be. That's what democracy is about. You're in the war room. We got a lot to do. I got a lot of people to juggle, and we got to go back to this floor debate. Also, go to Grace Chong and Mo Bannon, I think, over at War Room. Uh, is um, you can see right now on Getter. We got a live stream going and a live chat there. So we want to get we want to have an immersive experience. You're going to have to try to juggle this. There's a lot of stuff going on. I've got Koffler on uh, Ukraine. I've got Natalie Winters on investigative report. Also uh, some discussion about uh, Twitter and Brazil. But Matthew Tierman joins me. Matthew, there's some breaking news out of Brazil. Can you get us up to speed? Yeah, so it is actually, uh, you know, the correlations. You and I, we sometimes have a tendency to be a little flippant in our aggressiveness, but we are not when it comes to Brazil. Stalinism is setting in quick. The correlations with J6 have spiked today. A lot of videos floating around that show that there was many agent provocateur, that there were uh, hand-picked uh, lefties, recognizable, that were put in there ahead of the mass throng of protesters who marched to first the National Congress building. And once they got in, the maelstrom begun, the destruction, the breaking windows, very, very orchestrated. The, the mosaic of video footage that is now coming forward as people who had it are able to upload it is overwhelming. At the same time, we have a concentration camp has actually been built. 1,200 people have been rounded up as of this morning. We had a number of 400. It's up to 1,200. And they're being detained in the federal police's main gymnasium in Brazil, packed in. I have sources telling me they're getting from, uh, from the people in there. They're not giving them water. They're not giving them bathroom breaks. There's a lot of elderly people there. And someone, a woman has just died. Uh, and no one has access to lawyers. Those who already have counsel, who have personal... Hold on, hold on, hold on. How, how do, how do you... How, whoa, whoa, slow down. Take a deep breath. How do you know that someone's died? Who who that verified that? I've had that verified by five or six people who were either in there or talking okay. to those people in there. And there's video of people in looking in very, very okay. rough shape and like sardines in a can. So this is looking like Brazil is treating okay. their countrymen lower than Geneva Accord standards, which is not surprising when you realize who is taking control. The Stalinist mentality is. We will break as many eggs to make our socialist utopia omelet, and that is what they're doing. We predicted gulags. We didn't think it would happen this quickly. But, hey, J6 was a model. If it could happen in the U.S., it could certainly happen in Brazil with those who are now wielding the full control 
of all the I, I, I want, you, you know, they were asking they were asking about the extradition of Bolsonaro. They were asking about, oh, Americans like Steve Bannon instigating this. MSNBC was Admiral Kirby says, hey, we, they talked to, to Lula. No mention. I don't think any mention of he didn't want to talk about it. But it looked like no mention of Bolsonaro, no mention of uh, of us. But they said there is going to be an investigation. We we would love an investigation. And we think that where Lula should start is to get to the report. Matthew, real quickly, it's day 72 of the crisis. Can you get MSNBC? Can you get Nicole Wallace up to speed on what she's missed on the first since they've just covered it starting today on the first 69 or 70 days? What did they miss, sir? Well, I mean, they've missed the entire breakdown of a constitutional republic's quick descent into autocracy, starting from the judiciary, controlling their levers and breaking down the separation of powers. The beauty of a constitutional republic is that power is checked especially historically in the U.S., but in parliamentary systems in Europe as well. Well, Brazil, and I think that Bolsonaro did not do enough when he was in power to check the power of the judiciary. And that is a sad state of affairs because now they have total power. I would argue that Lula is not the most powerful man in Brazil. Nowhere near. It's Alexander de Moraes, the head of the Supreme Court and the Supreme Electoral Court, who has pulled all the levers to spring him from jail, to expunge his record, to oversee and anoint himself head of the subsidiary court. That's a conflict of interest, head of the Supreme Court. And now he appoint himself head of the electoral court so that he could administer and oversee the election. So you've got one guy with more unilateral powers. He's behaving as a corrupted, despotic monarch. This is not a constitutional republic any longer, and that is a scary thing. Can you uh, tell, get uh, Morning Mika and people up to speed on the the first step that Lula should do in his investigation? Should be read the report from the military about their inability to really complete an audit? What would be the highlight? What would be the one or two things you would have Lula focus on in MSNBC, BBC, CNN, everybody? What would you have them focus on, sir? Well, last I checked, uh, Mika's not returning my calls. Uh, I met her once, and she didn't seem too friendly uh, in uh, Europe when she saw what side of the divide I was on. Uh, But these people are willfully blind. As I've had conversations today uh, with the mainstream press, AP, Washington Post, the usual suspects. Now they're paying attention. The revolution would not be televised with 10 million people on the street. But now that they have their uh, their southern border uh, January 6th that they can utilize for a global narrative set, they are very attentive. And I've had several reporters hang up on me when I wouldn't take the bait on the framing they were going with. Trump, Bolsonaro, Bannon, Jason Miller, Matthew Tiermond organizing the coup from Mar-a-Lago or Washington. I said, that is fake news. Aren't you interested in the censorship of journalists or uh, Lula da Silva being unconstitutionally let out of prison and illegally having his record expunged? No interest. Crickets usually ending up in uh, getting hung up on it because they realize I wasn't going to take their bait. So we know how they operate, and they are working very, very hard to make hay with this new uh, opportune uh, fact pattern from yesterday. And they're going to take the bait of uh, Lula. You got to get, by the way, they, they, they've Lula, you want legitimacy. You got to turn over those machines. You got to get to the bottom of what happened to the machines. By the way, let's not hold it against Mika. You, you have that effect upon Many women you meet the first time, uh, Matthew Tiermont. What's your social media, Matthew, so people can follow you during this Brazil, uh, this major event in Brazil? The Brazil, uh, I call it the Brazilian Spring. First off, that last dig uh, made you sound like my Jewish mother, so thank you for that. I was a little homesick. Uh, Matthew Tiermont, M A T T H E W T Y R M A N D, at uh, Getter, Twitter, War Room, and uh, hopefully be on Tucker tonight as well, so tune in for that. Okay, look for you on Tucker Carlson tonight, Matthew Tierman. Fantastic job you've been doing uh, on everything related to Brazil. Um, can, can we go to the House floor for a second? I want to bring Natalie Winters in about Brazil, and I've got to bring Koffler in about Ukraine. Let's go back to the floor. Cut out the salary for an employee he didn't like or thought was acting improperly. That was not appropriate, and of course that did not prevail. Um, but I regret that we don't have an opportunity to look at these rules in the way that so many on this floor talked about doing. First of all, of course, they're not single issues. There are a lot of issues. It's the rules. Uh, Secondly, uh, there are uh, ways and means to to provide for consideration in a transparent, open fashion in which I could offer an amendment to a rule uh, that I thought was not in the benefit of this House 
or the American people. Unfortunately, the process, uh, which is the very first process under which we have considered uh, a piece of uh, business, not necessarily legislation, um, and that is ironic. But it is what it is. But it will, as such a process does, uh, force us to vote against uh, a piece of uh, organizational rules uh, because we don't agree with some of the, those rules. And that's let what me, I will let do. Me, uh, let me come back. This, this, this debate is between Democrats and Republicans on this rules package, kind of revolutionary because you've got real input and real stroke and real power from the uh, House Freedom Caucus, the MAGA wing of this, as you saw last week. Uh, I want to bring in Natalie Winters. Natalie, a couple of things. Number one, explain to me, and I'm having James Zircon later, what, what is this situation with this the criticism now of Elon Musk, he shut down the Brazilian team, the mis- and I think they're accusing him of being part of this or being part of the problem because he shut down the entire uh, Brazil operation and included their quote-unquote misinformation team. Can you get us, uh, I think Rolling Stone, Washington Post, everybody now is putting stories up on this. What's going on with Twitter? Sure. So if you remember, Elon Musk took over Twitter in October Um, So now, given what happened in Brazil, a lot of the mainstream media outlets, they're working in concert like they always do to push a very specific narrative. And that is that in November, um, Elon Musk allegedly fired basically all of the Brazil-based Twitter team. They don't really get into the specifics of why, but because of this mass firing, a lot of people who are involved in content moderation um, in Brazil were also laid off. But what's really interesting, and I think kind of the, the buried lead of this Rolling Stone article, there's a very telling sentence where they say, ever since this cohort of people who are based in Brazil who work for Twitter have been fired, the engagement of right-wing accounts on Twitter, specifically those that are pro-Bolsonaro, has skyrocketed, right, to unprecedented levels. And that shows you once you take the restrictions off these social media platforms, populist candidates like Bolsonaro, you know, the right-wing people, conservatives, they just are are naturally organically more prominent and more popular than these kind of artificially astroturf left-wing narratives. So that's why they need these censorship campaigns so hard. But I think what's really important here to bring it back to what's going on in the United States is I think they're really trying to use this example of what's happening in Brazil with these election protests and what's going on um, at these federal buildings as sort of a case study, as sort of a warning sign to people here in the United States um, as to why we need social media censorship, right? Why disinformation, why misinformation is so deadly. And I'll, I'll make it even, I think, more full circle because I think Brazil is important in its own right, right, in regards to natural resources and the Chinese Communist Party. But in terms of the election integrity battle here in the United States, part of the reason that we haven't seen, I, I think, really any real inquiry or investigation and so the fraud that occurred in Brazil is because if people remember the nonpartisan group that was brought in to be responsible for election observation in Brazil, right? It was supposed to be nonpartisan, no conflicts of interest. They were given sole access to really vet these machines before they were used was the Carter Center. Now, we have a re- report up on the War Room site talking about how this group is intimately involved, including receiving money from the Chinese Communist Party and their various foreign influence groups. But do you know where else the Carter Center was heavily active and brought in as the independent nonpartisan election observer? Swing states in the the United States. I think that was, I I think, and aren't aren't they all over Arizona, for instance, in the Carter organization in Arizona as one of those swing states, ma'am? Exactly. Arizona. I I remember your reporting. I remember remember your reporting. (laughs) Yeah, you, you took my lead away from me. But then, and the funny, the funniest thing. There were two elections in all of 2022 that they put out post-election statements about saying that no election fraud occurred and that people who say otherwise are engaging in misinformation and disinformation. And do you know what those two elections were? Brazil and Arizona. So this is an example of how there really is a glo- glo- both a globalist and a global concerted ho, ho, effort. Ho, 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 That is blockbuster. Connect, go back and hit rewind just for a second. What was their what was their report? Not that they would ever be in business with the CCP to drop this. What would they, give us that report again? So the Carter Center. I know we have limited time today, so I won't get into it. But the Carter Center has taken funds on the think tank and academic side of it 
from a group called the China United States Exchange Foundation to put out reports that are basically pro the United States and the rest of the world collaborating with the Chinese Communist Party. But even more nefariously, the Carter Center since the 1990s has actually partnered and signed memorandums of understanding with the actual Chinese Communist Party, not influence groups, but the Chinese Communist Party itself to help administer um, elections overseas in China. They've sponsored delegations for Chinese Communist Party officials to come into the United States to watch how we, we run our elections here. So this is a group that, you know, to its core, not only is it ch obviously Chinese Communist Party funded, um, but it's really a globalist. And that obviously runs in line with the Chinese Communist Party, but they're also funded by George Soros's Open Society Foundations, Pfizer funds them, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So my point is there's repeat offenders and what they're trying to push the narrative here with the social media censorship is that if we don't have censorship to the nines, if we aren't suppressing any person who is marginally conservative in support of Bolsonaro, you're gonna get January 6th-like events. So they're trying to create this, I would argue, a very fake narrative um, and that's why you see all these mainstream media outlets kind of pushing a similar story, right? It's like the information laundering process. It starts with the Washington yeah. Post and then it trickles down to the Rolling Stones yes. of the world. Hang on, hang on one second. For, I want you to hold because I'm going to come back for your investigative report. Tell me about the the conservative um, um, uh, handles on Twitter. You're saying in particular things around Brazil, as soon as the restrictions were taken off, uh, you're saying these things exploded? Is that they had tr tremendous following? I want I want to read a direct quote from the Rolling Stone article because it, it's so telling. The takeover. So this is talking about Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter. The takeover has since coincided with an engagement boom for Brazilian right wing accounts on the platform. The Rolling Stone, you hear it there. It's not a conspiracy theory. Shadow bans are indeed real. The, the rest of the piece goes on to say. Really, it was, it, I think the funniest thing is, is they're saying, you know, once we stopped content moderation, right-wing accounts, pro-Bolsonaro accounts surged. Basically, they're saying once we stopped artificially altering uh, engagement, account accessibility, yes. um, people's voices were actually heard. And I think it's sort of a parallel, like we were talking about with the Carter Center and elections and votes. And to quote, you know, Jamie Raskin, let's have an incredibly intense investigation um, into the legitimacy of these election results. Let's not have a dubious investigation. Let, let, let's do it. Um, so I, I think that the Rolling Stone can be one of the first pieces of evidence that we cite. <laughs> um, this all gets into the pre-bunking also. They want to pre-bunk. Uh, Natalie, hang on for one second because I got to get your, your investigation over the Daily Beast. But I want to bring in Rebecca Koffler. By the way, the House has gone into recess, so we would cut back to the House floor. And uh, I don't think the vote's gone on yet. I'm looking at my Evercrack producer. Uh, Mo and uh, and Grace, I think, are still up on the live stream. Um, can I? By the way, this is a uh, this is a quote right now from James Comer. There's a new day dawning in um, in uh, the House right here. James Comer, who is going to set to chair the Oversight Committee. His quote, President Biden has been very critical of President Trump mistakenly taking classified documents to the residents or wherever, whenever or wherever. And now it seems he may have done the same thing. How ironic. It looks like there's a breaking story about uh, about uh, Biden and some classified documentation. So, Comer, I can tell you right now that the Republican establishment is not excited by some of these chairmen that are being picked in. Bill Crystal's already called them election deniers, a full MAGA, that the conservatives and the MAGA and the populists are really taking over these key committees. They're not the Republicans. You're getting you're getting as as tough a statement from some of these establishment Republicans as you're getting for Democrats. I want to go to Rebecca Coffer. Rebecca, you've got an amazing piece uh, that you came out with, I think, this morning. But I want to get into I, I want to make sure everybody knows because Angus King came back, the independent, the senator who's independent, but caucuses with the Democrats up in Maine. He went to uh, to uh, Ukraine over the Christmas holidays. He came back. His report was big headlines. Uh, this is trench warfare. It reminds me of World War One. Now, we told people back 10 months ago when the slaughter started, it was going to be World War One type uh, warfare. 
the Russians keep pounding away. There's some report today, and I don't know if it's real. Do we have that clip I can play to tee up? Do we have the clip ready to go uh, The with the map? Is that yeah. the clip one? Or is it ready to go? Let me know. Uh, I got a clip I want to play for Rebecca. Uh, yeah, here it is right here. Let's play this. Let's play the clip for us about the 600 casualties in the Ukrainian army. Let's go in here. On day 319 of Vladimir Putin's 10-day military operation, they're claiming an attack that they've identified over the last 24 hours. Um, Ukrainian troop concentrations um, in a building in the town of Kramatorsk that we can see in the center there, um, and that they attacked it with uh, rockets and have killed over 600. Now, that's interesting. They've said it's in retaliation to the Ukrainian uh, New Year's Eve strike uh, in the city of Makiva that the Ukrainians claimed that they killed 400 Russians in, uh, and the Russians uh, said that they had lost 89 in that. Rebecca, you wrote, I think, one of the definitive books on Putin about how he thinks as a KGB officer and how he thinks, and particularly his, uh, and you can't say it any other way, he has a, he has a virulent hatred of uh, of certain elements of the United States of America, right? Um, the but you wrote this book about it. But there's been so much misinformation out there about this war, and you've always been kind of a, a, a steady hand on this to say, look, the Russian military is the and by the way, Rebe- people should know Rebecca is a former senior DIA defense intelligence official, and that's what I call the uh, they do the heavy lift. The CIA is kind of a uh, Ivy League. Uh, set up the, the 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 workers the people get the heavy the heavy lifts come from defense intelligence. What's your assessment? Because you're seeing this back and forth, but every day I'm seeing horrific images every day of the Russians just digging in, and this looks like we're now back to attrition warfare. You saw that huge map, which I love, which I think ITV or Channel Four over there does, is that whole whole huge map that shows you Eastern Ukraine kind of under control of the Russians. Get us up to speed on exactly what's happening. This is a real tragedy, Steve. We're entering the hottest phase yet in this war. Why? It's because all of the three sides, the three parties to this conflict, Moscow, Kiev, and Washington, are postured to escalate. Zelensky is emboldened by his ability to convince Washington to part with our money, with U.S. taxpayers' money. Uh, Remember the stellar performance that he gave to Congress just a few days um, before Christmas, you know, uh, coincidentally, right? So we're providing right now 50% of Ukraine's GDP in terms of money and very sophisticated weaponry. And so um, Ukraine's chief military intelligence um, of military intelligence, Kirill Bodanov, just vowed that Ukraine is going to strike deeper and deeper into the Russian territory. Well, is Putin really going to just sit back and and wait until Moscow is decapitated? Of course not. Putin is also postured to escalate. He just gave a nine-minute speech where he basically galvanized the entire Russian people. He put the entire country of Russia on a wartime footing both from the military standpoint and from the economic standpoint. And, uh, of course, uh, Washington keeps expanding the scope and scale of the weaponry that we're providing to them. We, it's no longer the blankets and the night vision goggles like uh, during the Obama administration. We are talking right now top of the line missile defense system, you know, the, uh, the Patriot. We're talking about HIMARS, and recently we're talking about Bradley fighting vehicle. This is a tank killer. So we right now steadily are climbing what we call in the intelligence business escalation ladder. And coming from the intelligence community, we gamed this all out, right? So every single war game that I participated in ended up in a nuclear conflict. And that is because Putin and the Moscow regime view Kiev as part of their strategic security perimeter, similar to our Monroe Doctrine, right? Remember in 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis, would we have ever tolerated uh, the Russians, you know, having their nuclear weapons and having any kind of their uh, military hardware next to our borders? Well, it's the same thing. He views that as an existential threat for which he's going to do 
everything to neutralize it. And just to demonstrate how uh, they view this conflict and this threat as existential, um, I'll give you a quote by Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, who on December 28, he warned in a speech, Washington, that carrying out a decapitation blow targeting the Russian strongman is and physically eliminating the head of the Russian state is gonna is gonna be responded with a very serious action. So they're basically thinking that we are coming out for Putin's head. That's how they view it. And this is why this conflict is gonna end up if we if it doesn't if it's not stopped into World War Three really. Okay. Hang on for one second. We'll bring you back after the break. I got Natalie Winters from her investigation, Jane Zirkel. There's breaking news here. Jake Sherman over at Punchbowl, which is on Capitol Hill. Uh, Comer, and this is why there's a new day dawning. Okay, and I realize a lot of people have been disappointed about a lot of things, but hey, there's a new day dawning. Comer uh, is telling, I think, uh, uh, Brezhnev, uh, one of the guys from, from Punchbowl, that he will, this is Comer, he will send a letter to the White House Counsel's Office and National Archives tomorrow on the, wait for it, classified documents found at University of Pennsylvania at that Biden center, the Biden deal he had, underwritten as Natalie Winters remembers, I think, by partly by the Chinese Communist Party. Classified documents, whoa, baby. Man, oh man, oh man, can't believe it. Okay, we're going to take a short commercial break. There's a recess in the House and there's rules debate. We've got, uh, we've got Natalie Winter. She's got a bombshell report about the Daily Beast. We've got Rebecca Koffler. A lot more questions to talk to her about Ukraine. Jane Zirkel is going to tell us about social media, what's happening down in Brazil. Maybe you can play a little clip for Nicole Wallace. Nicole Wallace not loving on Steve Bannon this afternoon. Giving stink eye. That's okay. We can take it. Short commercial break. Back in a moment. Offers for free iPhones are usually too good to be true. Just like freedom itself, nothing in life is free. Mobile phone companies not only lock you into long-term contracts, but they also build the price of the phone into your bill with hidden fees. With Patriot Mobile, they can show you how to get the same iPhone interest-free without the games and no contract. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks because they use the same towers as the major carriers. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Patriot Mobile also offers a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch to either of the three major carriers they provide for free. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code BANNON. That's B-A-N-N-O-N. If you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values or our country, support a company that does. Patriot Mobile. You get there by going to patriotmobile.com slash BANNON or call 972-PATRIOT. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, 
covidtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee, and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with covidtaxrelief.org. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. In less than a year, Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you, counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. Here's the best part. It's absolutely, totally free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public, the word, the letters, sq.com. And download the app today, totally free. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can start to support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. They're voting on the rules package. This is going to get done tonight. Pretty intense debate. Uh, looks like the Republicans have been whipped. They're all in line. Um, and uh, we're going to continue on. By the way, the shows here, as we spend more time focused on the House, and there's a new day dawning. Already, the Justice Department has admitted that they notified, I think, Biden in the fall about something that had happened when he was vice president. Natalie Winters knows this about the University of Pennsylvania. Um, about, it seems like he left classified information there. The reason why you say, well, why did this happen, Steve? Why did this come up today? It came up today because we're in charge now. Comer's in charge of oversight. That's why all of a sudden you've seen this. Why didn't they come and tell people last fall? Where, did they tell the minority last fall? Did they tell people what's going on before the election, before the election? No. The Justice Department, you're going to find out, suppress this information. This is exactly what goes on. These people are totally corrupt. And this is, why did it just appear today? Why all of a sudden today we have Comer and everybody because, guess what? These rats, you're going to see, you're, you're going to be turnover rocks. You're going to have cockroaches running everywhere. So I know people said, hey, wish we had won more seats. Wish we had done that. Wish this, wish that. Got it. But we got what we got. And I'm telling you, if people roll hard, you're going to start the process of saving this nation. I got news for Zelensky because I think the farm, let's bring a coffler. Didn't the farm, we just gave them. I think $50 billion out of this package that was snuck in the middle of the night in, in, in the omnibus. They just announced yesterday another $4 billion, I think it was, 3.2 or $4 billion of additional aid outside that package. And correct me if I'm wrong, did the foreign minister come on TV over the weekend? I saw clips from her saying that the West needs to actually increase it. It's going to take more and more and more. Did she? Did that happen in the last couple yes. of days that what we've given so far is not even close to being good enough. Tell us what happened. Oh, they continue to uh, request more and more and request even is putting it mildly. They continue to shame us into uh, giving them more money, claiming that it's not a charity, but it is actually an investment. And even Washington officialdom right now, openly justifies this investment as um, bleeding Russia off of its material, uh, military material and uh, its military force. So this is what's happening. We're effectively fighting a proxy war using our own weaponry and Ukrainian soldiers. Ukraine is the largest country in Europe, and right now it's being depopulated, uh, Steve. Ukrainians have lost about yeah. 120, between 120 to 140,000 uh, people. 
add on top of that the Russian casualties, and we have a quarter of a million right now of military age, child-producing males, dead or injured in Europe. And it's nowhere, uh, the end is nowhere. Hold on, is that, is, that, is, that a, is, that a, is that a combination of Russia? Because I heard Russia, I thought Russia was 100,000, Ukraine was 100,000, then you had 40,000 civilians. Are you giving me, an, walk me through your set of math. I, I'm giving you the total of Russians and Ukrainians okay. combined is quarter of yep. a million right now. There's 200,000 total of military personnel plus about 40,000 civilians okay and do they understand this the do they do they understand that the day the gravy train's over i mean our assessment is zero they get no money let europe let let france let germany just report in the paper that germany that had the highest non-participation in their military they're all becoming conscientious objectors because they don't want to fight uh to in ukraine they want American boys and girls to go over there with our money. Do they understand we're not going to send battle tanks? We're not going to authorize jet aircraft. We're not going to authorize long-range or mid-range missiles that can hit into Russia. We want this thing. We want them to get to the negotiating table. And that map you saw up there, hey, I guess that map's going to be whatever it's going to be. But they're going to have to get to the – and this thing, happy talk about an audit of what went over there. Forget that. How about this? We'll audit later. No money right now. You know they're skimming it right off the top. How much actually gets to the to the frontline soldiers? How much actually gets to the people? And how much is stolen by the oligarchs? Rebecca, I got to bounce because I got to go back to the House floor. Let me know when that vote is done. Uh, Rebecca, how do people get to you? Read this amazing article you've got up now and all your other information, including your book. I have the website, RebeccaCoffla.com. My book is... Uh... Putin's playbook is available anywhere on Amazon and any other store. I actually predicted this war uh, because it was all gamed out, as I said, in the intelligence community. And every single war game ended up in U.S. boys and girls being deployed into the theater. This is where we are we're marching steadily. I'm on Getter, Twitter, and True Social. Rebecca wow. at 0132. Thanks for having me. Um, let's, let's fight. I mean, uh, we need to prevent socialism from, uh, poisoning this country and we need to elect the right leaders so that they can put America back together in order and the world back together in order because Biden has created chaos, not only in our country, but all over the world. Thank you for having me, Steve. America first. Thank you very much, Rebecca Koffler. By the way, you talk about war games and you got, um, Excuse me. You got you talk about war games. CSIS had this uh, result of a war game on CNN that talked about a, an invasion of Taiwan that would happen in 25, 2025 or 2026. The results of the war game were that uh, the United States, the Seventh Fleet, the Pacific Fleet were able to hold off the invasion of Taiwan, which is Silicon Valley West. But it would come at a steep cost. The cost would be two carrier battle groups essentially at the bottom of the Taiwan, Taiwan Straits, thousands and thousands of casualties, but the Americans would prevail. Now, I don't think that didn't include South Korea, Japan, didn't include cyber, unconventional warfare, but it's a very scary report that even, it's almost, uh, I'm not saying a pyrrhic victory, but the, but the requirements for that victory were pretty stunning. Two carrier battle groups, that has not happened since the darkest days of World War II, in fact, the darkest and earliest days of World War II, if you take the kamikazes hitting the later smaller aircraft carriers. Let me go to Natalie Winters. And Natalie, and by the way, can we just let me know when the vote's over on the House floor because I'm trying to maintain two things. Natalie, I, I want to get to this Daily Beast um, uh, investigative. Tell us, how'd you get involved in this and, and what's the result? Because it's pretty uh, jaw-dropping, ma'am. Well, uh, I think most people in War Room probably know me from my, my early reporting, which has to do with how the Chinese Communist Party really has bought and paid for so many of the journalists, though I won't even use that word because it's not an accurate description, but the paid propagandists um, in the mainstream media, much like everything in the United States, a lot of the talking points that you see come out of the media, I would argue, are made in China. And I've done a lot of intense reporting into how the Chinese Communist Party has you know, multi-billion dollar political warfare operations to target journalists at outlets ranging from MSNBC to NBC to CNN 
to the New York Times. So I thought it was very, very interesting, kind of with that context in mind, um, that a journalist whose name you probably see on your Twitter or Getter feed quite a lot, because he always seems to be breaking, I would argue, dubiously sourced stories um, attacking the character, and I would say the uh, you know, after-work activities um, of some of the nation's leading conservative voices. He was responsible for breaking stories about Herschel Walker um, allegedly paying for an abortion and having a secret son. And most recently, um, he actually alleged that CPAC chairman Matt Schlapp had groped a male staffer, um, I believe, last year. Um, but those allegations aside, I think it's very, very curious that this reporter who works for the Daily Beast, Roger Solenberger, formerly worked for a now-sanctioned company that is tied to the Chinese Communist Party's People's Liberation Army, um, a company known as DJI, which is a drone-making company that is actively involved in the surveillance of China, um, but really tries to get American companies, including federal contractors, to use their products. Um, and there's a lot of controversy. And like I said, the firm has been sanctioned and blacklisted because they, they comply with the Chinese Communist Party's request to turn over data surveillance tapes um, on American soil to China, to Beijing. And what's so interesting, too, Roger Solenberger, who loves to parade with this you know, air of moral superiority on Twitter, well, this company that he used to work for, again, that's a employment that's conveniently missing from his bio on the Daily Beast website, um, but they were actually primarily sanctioned because a lot of the surveillance technology that they have developed or that DJI uses um, has been used in the genocide of Uyghurs in Xinjiang in China. And what's so interesting is that a previous company that Roger Solenberger used to work for called 3DR, uh, which was an American drone company, actually partnered with DJI to give them their own surveillance company, their kind of prior, uh, proprietary surveillance system. It's unclear whether or not that was exactly used in the surveillance of Uyghurs in Xinjiang, but it really is a perfect example, I think, of how American companies have routinely aided and abetted not just the Chinese Communist Party's atrocities against their own people, but have allowed for these Chinese Communist parties to really ascend um, on the global stage and global marketplace, all the while calling people like me and you and other conservatives, you know, evil, making these spurious, dubious allegations. And it's just a perfect example of how the mainstream media uh, really should establish their headquarters in Beijing and not here in the United States. So this Solenberger, has he ever admitted, I mean, on, on any of these reports, does he ever say, hey, I work for a CCP, uh, you know, sponsored company as he goes after, I don't know, whether it's Matt Schlapp or Herschel Walker, or I heard he's gone after many other people. Is he is he have full disclosure that he says, hey, this is, by the way, I've been, uh, I've worked with companies that have strong financial ties to the Chinese Communist Party? Nope. Despite going after, you know, America first candidates and politicians, which are, of course, you know, China last, CCP last people, too. On the other side of the coin, um, his professional bio mentions there's no reference to the fact that he worked for a very, very heavily uh, controlled company by the Chinese Communist Party that, as I said before, has been sanctioned by both the Trump administration and the Biden regime for their ties to China's military. And what's more interesting is I think there's kind of been an effort to really bury um, this tie between Roger Solenberger and DJI drones, there were some videos of him, um, I think, playing around with DJI products, but they've since been delisted. They're now private, so you can't access them. Um, so I think this is definitely a, a stain on his employment record that he doesn't want anyone to know. But it's very important to understand where a lot of these journalists, which even Vanity Fair in a, in a piece, they did a whole glowing piece on him not too long ago, kind of praising him as the guy who broke a lot of stories about Herschel Walker and they call him this, you know, kind of amateur, this newcomer to journalism who's been breaking a bunch of stories. So it's certainly a, not that I want to, you know, speak, but it's certainly a curious track record that this guy just kind of comes out of nowhere, um, you know, or that nowhere actually having been on the payroll and working for a Chinese Communist Party controlled company now just is really an attack dog um, against a bunch of conservatives. So it's it's certainly curious. One 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 of the reasons you're over at War Room now is your strong investigative uh, capabilities and what you've done in the last couple of years. And now that this is obviously going to be such a huge thing in the House, uh, what is your response? To the, the, the Democrats are starting to freak out. I mean, Jamie Raskin, uh, and we go after him a lot here, but he's a serious player. I mean, it's one of the reasons we go after him. He is he is like in full meltdown mode about the weaponization of the government subcommittee. He's saying this thing is dubious. 
He says you got all these election deniers like Jim Jordan and others associated with this, going to chair it. But he says it has immense investigatory power uh, just across the board. And you see an already Comer and oversight going after. They want response from Biden's White House. We're going to get to this. You know, it's very ironic that they found this one about Biden being vice president. And real quickly, Natalie, this University of Pennsylvania deal with Biden's always been a little scammy, right? This is part of that whole Hunter Biden laptop. It's about where the money went, who was it raised from, what Biden actually had to do for it. The whole thing's got a, got a scam associated with it, and it's got a CCP taint somehow, ma'am. Well, China has actually plowed, it's over $50 million into the University of Pennsylvania. And because our lawmakers have no appetite to go after China, um, maybe this commission, this committee will expose, you know, who exactly is responsible, though I think I and the warm audience can kind of piece it together based on a lot of the public statements these politicians make. But with the, the way the law is written, you don't really have to disclose what institutes exactly are accepting um, the money from these various Chinese Communist Party linked entities. So it's not certainly clear who exactly within the University of Pennsylvania system was taking, like I said, this over $50 million amount. Um, but it really is curious, I think, to me, when you see these huge sums of money flowing, confidential documents in the Penn Biden Center, which also has appointed a lot of people at their high, high levels, people who were involved um, in Joe Biden and the Obama administration's pivot to Asia, particularly um, in the realm of transportation and green energy. Um, so I think it's interesting when you have basically no chain of custody or no track record on where exactly this money's going, because that's the way the regulations that, you know, the Obama Biden regime was was writing. So you don't know where the, the money's going um, and you have confidential documents swirling around with, you know, an influx of Chinese cash. Um, again, it, it as someone who's followed Chinese Communist Party influence operations, um, and really understands how they operate and how they really infiltrate every corner. They leave, you know, no stone unturned here in the United States. When you have people like the Biden family um, who welcome them with open arms and, and wow. you know, open wallets and on the receiving side of things, not the giving side, um, it, it certainly raises red flags. Can you, by the way, even as we speak, uh, Politico is breaking a story, the Pentagon way sending striker combat vehicles to Ukraine. They have Bradley fighting vehicles. We haven't sent combat tanks, battle tanks, but man, I got to tell you, the, the equipment we're sending there is, I don't know why the constitutional conservatives don't say, Joe Biden's got to come down here and make a declaration. At least give me a Tonkin Golf resolution. Give me something because this is beyond a, a, a proxy word now. We're sending top quality American equipment. Pentagon ways sending striker combat vehicles to Ukraine. I'll have more about to say that on Getter later. Uh, Natalie, what is your, uh, what's your social media? Uh, tell people how to get you. Sure. I'm Natalie G. Winters on Getter, Twitter, Instagram, and you can find my work on Facebook. And as always, go to the warroom.org website to keep up with my latest reports. Fantastic. Let's go back to the floor. We'll go back to the floor right now, and then we're going to get to uh, Crom Carmichael. Let's go to the floor. Gentle lady from Connecticut. Ask for the yeas and nays. Yeas and nays are requested. All those in favor of the vote by the yeas and nays will rise. Special number having risen, the yeas and nays are ordered. Members will record their votes by electronic device. Pursuant to the order of the House of today, this is a five, five minute vote. Okay, let's go. Uh, Krom, uh, we're going to go back and forth. We'll be up on Getter. You got, uh, you know, this gets a little confusing. They just do all these different votes. Uh, but we'll get it all sorted out up on Getter in a while. Let's go back to the okay. House floor right now. Get us up to date. We're going to bring in Jane Zirkel. Jane, get us up to date on all things Brazil. You've been covering this beat for us. Uh, you've been doing it nonstop since before the election. Tell us what's going on, ma'am. So a common goal of the protests throughout the past several months of the people of Brazil has to be getting fair media coverage. And that's something that they unfortunately haven't really received until the events of yesterday. And now, as we've seen, Brazil clearly has an election problem. But the thing is, it's been facilitated by a censorship problem. 
And it's not just coming from big tech. It has largely been coming from the Brazilian judiciary, figures like Morais, Alexandre de Morais, who have been implementing censorship onto pro-Bolsonaro voices, people and politicians. And now we've seen companies like Meta come out, the parent company of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp say that this incident that occurred yesterday was an inciting incident and they will be removing content related to it. And even prior to the election, they labeled Brazil as a high risk situation. And so they have been moderating the content that has been posted regarding Brazil. Okay, we're going to be back. I'm going to be up on Getter. I'm going to be up on Getter here shortly as we go through these votes on the House. Uh, we're going to be back here at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. The show is going to be very intense in the days ahead as we're going to juggle all the capital markets, geopolitics, politics, and we're actually going to cut in for as much of the live debate into the floor as possible. As a lot's going on as we try to sort things out uh, in the House. Remember, there was a populist revolt last week. You saw it all. We've gotten uh, a lot of control, and people are not happy. The people that are the most unhappy are Repu- establishment Republicans. Bill Crystal speaking, ver- speaking for them, saying, hey, you've got all these election deniers taking over committees. Okay. 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Be back in the war room. Tomorrow's going to be another intense day. We'll see you here. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. WARROOM POSSE, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency.